0: We're listening to the horse radio network part of the equine network family
1: hello i'm stephanie ruff and i'm aviva nabeski <laughs> we're the hosts of the dressage today podcast where you can find us talking about anything and everything dressage related our conversations span the world of dressage from leading riders to local level dressage heroes We're talking training advice, showing tips, and sharing stories to inspire your own dressage journey. So tune in, then tack up. Welcome to the Dressage Today podcast, sponsored by Purina. Today we'll be talking to Mike Osinski, who is one of the judges for USDF's On the Levels video project that covers the new dressage tests that are coming out. Uh, However, to start with... I thought I would update our listeners on what has happened to me since I won those beautiful boots from Aviva's fundraising <laughs> raffle.
2: I want you to know I'm still getting crap from people who think I rigged the auction. But that's really? okay. Yes,
1: but oh, that's okay. Are they mad? I, are they mad no. that I won?
2: No, they're, they're a little <laughs> bit jealous because, you know, they're beautiful boots. So tell they me, are so beautiful you decided boots. on the blue
1: boots, right? I I did. So I actually I brought part of this pain on myself because I decided on blue boots. So they are yeah. beautiful, beautiful blue boots, but that meant I had to go buy a new blue coat. Of course you and did. And a new blue of course I did. And a new And a new blue belt. helmet. And a Help. new blue helmet. I needed a new <laughs> helmet anyway, but I had, but I bought one in blue. First and um, a couple of blue shirts so that, you know, when I'm showing and jackets are waved, I have a blue shirt to wear. So I have now spent basically the, the cost same of a amount pair of money, of boots, the cost of a new <laughs> pair of boots. <laughs> so I could. Sorry, I just bought black <laughs> and then oh, well. I wouldn't have had to do all this. Oh, so, well. so, so, anyway, so harking,
2: harking back to a, to another um, podcast that we did. Are you still going to wear white breeches?
1: I am. Yes. Despite yes. the color changes. Despite the color changes, I'm okay. still wearing white breeches, mostly because I I, I haven't bought any others, <laughs> And I'm not quite sure, and I don't have any other breeches that would be appropriate for showing in, as far as, you know, not having stains on them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so it's the white breeches with the blue boots and the blue jacket and the blue helmet that is okay. that is now my that is now my outfit That's and I am beautiful. taking i well, it, I, yes, I'm sure I, well I do love the boots. i I will say I do love them. um. they're very nice. I don't want to ride in them because I don't want them to get dirty. Um. (laughs) That's what saddle soap is for. (laughs) I want them to just sit there and look pretty. (laughs) I get that. You do get that. But I am taking said new outfit and going to, for all my years in the Arabian industry, I've never shown at at an Arab rated rated show. And I am doing that the week. Really? Really? I'm doing that the weekend after Thanksgiving. And um, where yeah, is it? So it's at WEC. That's going In to be O'Calla. your first rated
2: show. Is it, is it Valhalla, huh? Yes. Yes, it
1: is. Isn't that, for isn't you. that great? Yes. Awesome. And it is, you know, for people who, who don't know, a, a rated Arabian show is, is the equivalent of a licensed competition. It's minus, minus all the big fancy warm bloods. Right, it's minus all the big fancy warm bloods and and in Florida, things like Olympic level riders riding their young horses and stuff like that, which is a wee bit intimidating for me. Yeah. So, um, because this is my first competition of this level since two thousand and eight, oh so my. it's been a few years since yeah. I've dabbled in this. Well, um, you and you and Nadia will do great, and-, and Nadia has never done it, so we'll see. You know, we'll, well see. Well, you went to a schooling show and she kept it together, mostly. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) She she stayed in the ring. (laughs) But we are going up in advance. We are stabling there. So I will have time to let her view her surroundings and get familiar with things. And um, yes, so we are we're attempting to do this all because of this is all because of these boots if i didn't have these boots this would not be happening so i don't know if i should be mad at you or happy they're the magic boots they're the, they better the be the magic
2: boots. boots well we're all dying to hear how you do make sure that yeah. you send me video mm, yeah we'll, we'll update everybody in december yes and let them yes. know how it went and you know as we've been talking about since the very beginning of our podcast together, it really isn't about the, the the points and the ribbons. It's about going out and walking out of the ring, feeling like you were successful. And, you know, your schooling show, you were successful. It was rough, but you rode through it. You got some really good work. You got some not so good work. Right. You know, so, you know, you're going to go have fun. And Nadia is going to
1: have a great experience. And she's going to walk out being proud. Let's hope so. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure she will think that the surroundings are, you know, appropriate to her status. Yes. Well, she's you know, the queen. She, she is. So I'm sure she will be like, well, this is what we've been looking for all along. You yes. <laughs> um, and actually, it will be fun because it will be decorate. They do this huge decoration for Christmas. So they put all these lights up and stuff like that. So it'll be beautiful at night and um, it will be Wonderful. fun. And, and I will say at this point, because we are really recording this we're about a week and a half away from it so um i am i am in two phases right now the one phase of why did i think this was a good idea i'm i'm there Mm -hmm. i'm in that and I'm, but I'm also in, and it surprises me a little bit. I'm a little bit in the phase of, oh, I have missed this. Yes, I'm a little bit like I have missed the competition. I have missed nope. the going, you know, the the doing, the going to shows and doing all that because I it's used kind of fun. It is, and I used to do it a a good deal. Um, you know, are you going with someone? Do you have people? Is there a group? Well, of you there are there are two other people going. Yeah, they yeah. are actually both showing. There, there's an open part to the dressage event that is not mm-hmm. just Arabians. It's open mm-hmm. to all breeds, just to get more entries, I think. Um, and they are actually both going and doing the Western dressage portion. So oh, how fun! Yes. Yeah, so there's, there's a group of you. You're not yes. alone in no, this. No, no, that would be a that would be a lot. so so no we are we are going together and um so yeah it'll be fun and i actually i am both looking forward to it and dreading it at the same time yeah that's sort of how it is i know i'm sure lots of people who compete you know understand that that feeling yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then and then you go in the ring and you ride
2: and you come out and you think wow that was really short and that was really fun. And I want to do it again until it's time for the next test, and you're back right. with
1: the, who, who thought this was a good idea? exactly exactly. It's there's nothing like, you know, we 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 just keep this vicious cycle going. and mm-hmm. um but yes. so I will report back as to whether or not the boots were indeed magic. Okay. And um, you know, but but i it it has it has pushed me down a path that I very easily kept letting myself off the hook of. Yeah. Well, we're all very proud of you and dying to hear about it. But yes, I will report back as to how it went one way or the other, because, you know, no matter what happens, lessons can be learned and taken away for the next time. Exactly. Our Ask the L question for this month was sent in by Rachel, and she says that she is a conservative rider. How do I take more risks when I show?
2: Well, I'm not really sure how to answer that one. So I I don't know, Rachel, and not 100 percent clear on your question. So my question back is, are you a conservative rider when you train at home? or are you only conservative in the ring? So let's look at it from lots of different perspectives. So Rachel, if you're a conservative rider at home and then you're conservative in the ring, my advice to you is be bold when you train um, so that you feel confident in that boldness and you're more confident doing that in the ring. Um, If you are confident, when you train at home and you're bold at home, but you're a little bit more conservative when you get into the ring, maybe evaluate why that is. Um, I know people, there, there are a lot of different opinions about this. Um, You know, when you go to do a lengthening or a medium, do you go for huge at the expense of the transition back? Or do you ride only as big as you can come back? Um, And, you know, some trainers will tell you to do one thing and some trainers will tell you to do the other. Um, I think that what you have to feel is, do you have the ability to do something dramatic? And I think that most judges appreciate your effort to be dramatic, but they also want to see that it's controlled. So for instance, if you're doing, the other thing is to look at the test and see whether there is a separate transition score. So if, and I have, you know, I haven't looked at the new test yet starting December 1. So based on the old tests, for instance, in first level test one, there is a score for the canter lengthening. And then there is a score for the 15 meter circle which includes coming back from the lengthening. So if you are able to be really bold with the lengthening, but you're not sure you can come back, you know that you can get the score for the lengthening and you have a whole 15 meter circle to come back in. Um, If you feel that you can't make a clear transition And there's a transition score that's going to sort of nail you. Um, So you have to be a little bit brave and not be too conservative in the way that you ride. Um, But if going for broke is going to cause you to lose scores both within that movement and in the transition movement, and maybe in the next movement after that, then maybe being conservative is a good idea. So I think that the answer to the question is to figure out to take a look at the test that you're riding to see where the scores are, to see where the double coefficient scores are and to see where it's okay for you to take a risk that might not pay off. Um, and then if it's not a good risk, play it a little bit more conservatively. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, Rachel, but I think that's the best that I can do today.
1: Well, and I think because I, I think some people, when they go into show, they, they want to look perfect. Yeah. And looking, you know, they don't want to do anything that might upset looking perfect. So they end up being, you know, not asking for much or, or being conservative in that way, because they want to uh, maintain that yeah, look, I guess. Yeah. And,
2: you know, if, if you're going to ask for something big and it's going to cause something, I mean, so, so let's look at it here. So you go for a canter lengthening or, or a trot lengthening and your horse hollows, um, and gets a little bit explosive and it's really ugly. Um, (laughs) so you're going to get, depending on the judge, you know, anywhere from a a three to a five. And then it takes you all the way around the the short side and into the next movement before your horse comes back. So now you've got another five. Um, All right. That's two fives. Now you're at a 50% versus you go across the diagonal in your, in your trot lengthening and not very much happens. Um, And you get a five because not very much happens, but your horse is still, relatively round and through and on your aids going around the short side and is prepared for the next movement which now is a 7 so now you got a 7 and a 5 that's a 60% right so you know i think you have to evaluate where you where you can take the risks and where you can't right um and i think that the the biggest way to get out of being conservative is to not be conservative in your training is to take the risks in your training and see what happens because we yeah. don't know until we try
1: yeah yes oh definitely better better to try it there than when you're in the show ring yeah yeah <laughs> And
2: your horse is probably a little bit more up in the show ring. So right. you know, that can that can be another factor is people get in the ring or get into the warm up and they're like, oh, my goodness, I don't know who this horse is. And then they become conservative in the ride because they don't know what they've got. So if your issue with being conservative is I have too much horse in the warm up, play around in the warm up and see just how expressive you can be and just how many risks you can take and come back from. So that when you get into the test, you have a better feel for what you can do, where you can push the envelope and where you shouldn't.
1: Right. Very good. I think that's an excellent answer. You always think it's excellent. I always think it's an excellent answer. That's because you're biased. You just like (laughs) (laughs) And as always, if anyone has any other questions that they would like to ask Aviva, uh, please reach out to us on social media. When we return, we'll have our conversation with Mike Osinski. Your horse has unique feed requirements and Purina has you covered. From breeding and growing to senior horses, From performance horses to easy keepers and everything in between, Purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work. Put their research to the test. Find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina retailer or visit Purinamills.com to learn more. Mike Osinski grew up in Michigan riding jumpers and was a keen observer of many riding disciplines. These early experiences gave Mike an appreciation of good riding, regardless of discipline or breed of horse. His personal quest for better riding led him to dressage. <laughs> Mike immersed himself in dressage training, working with Mary Al Barnett and as an assistant to Hilda Gurney. He has also studied with Stefan Peters, Carol Lavelle, and Paul Belisek. Mike has been a dressage judge since 1984, and today is a USEF S-rated judge, FEI four-star judge, and young horse judge. He is also a member of the USDFL program faculty and a member of the test writing committee. I want to thank you, Mike, for joining us today and taking some time to talk with us.
0: And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So my first burning question is um, kind of what made you want to be a judge and not just a judge, but a judge of your caliber on the international scale. You judge all over the country, all over the world. What was it that made you want to go and do that?
0: I think like so many things in life, they're accidents. Oh. I never had <laughs> intended to be a judge uh, and i can say i got my first license i started in 1983 and licensed in 86 and as a young horse professional i just wanted to know more about the sport and what are they looking at for dressage anyway and one thing led to the other and i kind of just fell into it it was easy for me uh and i hope to say that i'm good at it and <laughs> I just followed it up one step after the other step after another. And here I am.
1: And here, just a few steps later, huh?
0: A few, yes.
1: <laughs> steps and <in> years. <laughs> well, what is it? So then, what is it that you enjoy so much about being a judge?
0: I, I have a passion for horses. I, I don't know where that comes from. I think maybe we could all mm, genetically find that we have that. Uh, but I like the smell of horses. I like being around them. I still enjoy riding my horses and teaching people and sitting down and watching it. I just feel it, I'm blessed and I get paid to see beautiful horses and, and, and I enjoy uh, the pressure of being on. I also enjoy competing as well and, and sitting down on the international stage on the edge of my chair, trying not to make a mistake really just excites me.
2: <laughs> that is a lot of pressure, especially with some of the things they're doing with the, you know, comparing scores from different parts of the arena and making sure that you all are pretty much in the same ballpark. Yep, yep. That's a tremendous amount of pressure.
0: It is a lot of pressure. And I'll say, likewise, when you judge in front of the German crowd, they know Yo. just as much as you do. And they're very happy to boo you.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> so so yes. they they ju- they judge as well, huh?
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Um, so then, you know, likewise, it, it, is there anything other than being booed by the, the German crowd? Is there anything that you dislike about being a judge?
0: I think there are some misunderstandings out in the general public. And, and one of them that we often have to deal with is the press. And, and as you said, they're trying to make sure that you are all in alignment. And, and I have to say, but the reason we have multiple is because you cannot see everything from right. one vantage point. And yeah. so, therefore, we do and should have different scores because we couldn't see something. And so you rely upon your colleagues to say, I did see that. And and then the average of our scores will be the right score. So uh, I think that misconception that we should all be exactly the same Mm. and little robots. Yeah, needs to kind of go away.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, even just going through the L program, which which I did, just the difference between judging a halt at C
0: versus E. Uh, Perfect. You you hit it right on the head with that. If you see the horse dead straight in front of you, you're very happy to give a high mark. It is totally straight. And yet from the side, you're like, it wasn't X and it wasn't square and it was ranking behind yep. leg. <laughs> oh, totally different color. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm glad you took the L program. I hope it was good for you.
2: It's one of the best things that I ever did for myself as a competitor, as a trainer. Uh, you, you know, it's it was it's wonderful. And and I'm like you. I love judging. I just love the act of sitting there and watching horses go and making comments that I hope people will take home and think about and improve um, based on that. So excellent.
0: Well, and, and I will reiterate your comment. I tell all of my students. Go take the L course. You don't have to want to be a judge. You you'll just come away with an understanding of biomechanics and what mm-hmm. the judge has to go through and how it all works. And, and and being an international judge, I can say that program is one of the best in the world. We well, really have something going on. So I'm glad great you did to hear. it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If, you know, tied into that. Well, this is a beautiful segue. So we're talking about the state of our our judge training. Um, yeah. What do you think about the state of the current state of dressage in the U.S. and internationally? Do you think we're moving in the right direction, the wrong
0: direction? So I would say that would be a multifaceted question on the sides of on the general of horses in the world. Uh, we're moving towards a very harmonious way of athletic riding and, and and, and I hope that's showing up across the stage around the world. And I do think that's exciting. Uh, the quality of horses, the quality of riding, just it's going off the charts. The judges, yes, it, the whole sport has changed from just being a, a good old boys club to mm-hmm. now these are people that are highly educated, that agree to agree upon what is right and how it should be done. And, and I think it's in a positive state right now.
2: Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah, this this isn't on our our prepared list of questions at all, but I'm just curious. Oh, <laughs> um, I know probably 25 years ago when I first started riding, um, I rode in a as a demo rider for the small R program, and I was allowed to listen as the instructing judge talked to the candidates, and what he said was every horse enters on a six and then goes up and down. And when I went through the L program, not 20 years ago, but more like 15 years ago, we were told every horse enters on a seven. And if you look at the scores over the decades, they do seem to be getting higher. Do you think that it's because of the quality? Do you think that it's because we're, more confident, giving high scores? Do you think that we're understanding a little bit better that 10 isn't perfect, but excellent?
0: Uh, again, many questions in that. And I would say, <laughs> maybe sorry, take a, no, no, a little different philosophy. I believe they enter at a 10. And nice. then you start taking into account the many things that can happen. And certainly right off the bat, yes, then we talk about the quality of what's being produced in front of us. And then sometimes once you get that basic quality as you assess it, then you quickly go to, it's an eight, it's a seven, it's a six, it's a four. And then you say, but, but this is why it's not a 10. If they can keep all of those good qualities, no, I've given 10s. The other judges are giving 10s. You go around the world and you see stuff and you see 10s. It is okay. there. Yeah. yeah. But I, I would say in the past, the horses were quite limited. And when I first got my gold medal, four fives and sixes were all you really ever got, I, to get a seven was a very rare thing. And so getting your 60% for a gold medal was a miracle.
2: Now it's a little different, yeah. yeah.
1: You could talk about that all night, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you have any like really special memories or anything that has stood out to you um, of any special horses or rides or riders that you've seen over the years?
0: Yes, again, and then kind of on what facet I would say, Certainly when you see high caliber, high quality riding. Yeah, you know, the first time I saw the Allegro in London, England, I had goosebumps in yeah, the- yeah. I-, I had tears welling up in my eyes because you knew this was something freakishly rare. <laughs> and the atmosphere in that building was so electrified and 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 then I can say, and there are circumstances like that, again, when I judged the World Cup finals to see Dallara go, it it was such harmony and poetry and motion that you get goosebumps. Yeah. And then you could go to the opposite side where you've seen some riders nearly die. Because of <laughs> horses trying to kill them and buck them off. And, and we don't want to talk about those. But
1: no, yes. no, no, we don't. We try not to. Yeah, we don't we don't focus on that. <laughs> you know,
0: but then we also know those are horses. They have right. their moods as well as we yeah. do. And, <laughs> yes, and, and do. we understand we've all been there.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So you are a member of the test writing committee and the new tests are about ready to come out. Um, I'm fascinated by the process of looking at the at the tests and changing the tests. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They seem to be evolving. I mean, I've been riding dressage sort of seriously, competitively for about 20 years. And it seems as if the tests have Changed a lot without changing at all.
1: Yeah.
0: I I enjoy the process as well. Uh, The first, I think this is my third go around on it. And the first time I just sat back and was just struck in awe by the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Um, I can say because now they're released and we start as of now prepping for the next go around in four years. Oh, really? We'll watch how they come out, and I'll say, we're all human. I can already tell you there's some mistakes on those tests. We tried (laughs) to catch them. We tried to clean them up. But we know we have a couple things to fix yet for the next go-round. We listen to you all that get to ride them, to watch them. We interview trainers, we say what's working, what's not working. Some of the things we don't like what we hear, and other <laughs> things we're like, okay, we'll modify that and we'll try. Mm-hmm. And and there's some places where it's mm, pedantic, kind of judging things that we need to change. Why are we considering that? And we should heavily weight this more and Uh, And I think maybe this go around, although some of the tests were tweaked and tightened, fourth level is the place where we really overhauled it. And I do think this new 4.3 is going to be very special. So we'll see.
2: Just in time for me to ride it. Thank you. (laughs) You're
0: welcome.
2: I'm curious about a, a couple of the, the little changes that I, I looked at all of the tests and I diagrammed all the tests. And at the time I I was Good. struck by this, that, or the other. And now of course I can't really remember, but I know one of the, the things that I was struck by first, of course, is, you know, I started at intro. So training level, um, training three went back yep. to the shallow loop from the yep. serpentine. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. We, again, Kind of watched what was happening and the serpentine didn't come out as strongly as we would have hoped for for the results of the way the test was riding and we had some visual problems of the way the walk was coming at the judge so we needed to back that away and we went back to uh, we look at scores as well across the board of how they're coming in and and things should be getting better not getting worse and. Yeah. So we didn't like how the scores were coming out and how the test was riding and how the training progressed. So we went back to the single loop and I think I think it'll be better. I think the tests will ride cleaner and the walk is in a better position. So,
2: well, speaking yeah. as somebody who sees a lot of training level, um, that serpentine was rough. Yeah. <laughs> we had hoped that, for that's better a, results. That's a, tough, <laughs> that's a tough movement. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I could have a little stamp for what what was wrong.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> it was pretty we consistent. Over yeah. and over again. And it's like, well, we tried. Yeah.
2: yeah. I also remember that when I first started riding that um first level did require all sitting trot and then it went yeah. to your choice. And we're still at your choice. What was the thinking behind that?
0: Yeah, and on the greater scheme as we do all of this, we try to always Evaluate and listen to the other side of the coin on this one, and mm-hmm. there's a, a group out there that believes that maybe all should be rising trot, that it's freer on the horse's back, and and we do consider that and, and the pros and cons of what's happening, but we think in the long run, uh, the younger horse should get its back up and going, should be swinging, that the riders should have a little more time to. Enter the sport and play with their horses a little bit more. And that rising maybe is a little bit more progressive and easier for the rest of the world to deal with. <laughs> but in the long run, collection really comes from the rider's core and how they use their seat. And so, um, the theory and the question of could everything be done rising? Yes, you see, as above Earth, rise through Piaf and Passage, and, and I'm like, yeah, but you have to sit the canter anyway. So <laughs> that's point, true. <laughs> you have to sit down, and, and we know that not everyone can sit. But but then that that doesn't mean we should change the sport totally for them. So I I don't think it will be mandatory at first level. I see it go back and forth. Sometimes it's helpful, and sometimes I think it's to the detriment of the horse. Yeah. But second level, yeah, it's time to sit.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. And, and also with first level, it used to be the horse sort of reaching into the bridle, and now we are looking at on the bit.
0: Yeah. You know, that's just kind of like saying, uh, what's the hue color for you if I say blue? Well, there's yeah. many shades of that and there's many mm-hmm. degrees of it. And so how do we fairly say, well, you can kind of sort of be on the bit, but the next judge is like, that's not on the bit." <laughs> and, <laughs> and so the training has gotten better around the world in the last 10, 20 years. And the horses truly are on the bit. And it's okay to just say, yeah, let's accept that. Let's put them on the bit politely and harmoniously and keep mm-hmm. going.
1: Okay. Yeah, that one, that one has stirred up some, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you've, uh, you've seen or heard that one has stirred up some conversations already. Um, from and it sh- should,
0: that's good. Yeah, You should think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you go to these shows, they are on the bit. There's no question about it. And if they're not, is it, and if you think that that is all about good posture, if the horse's back is sagging and down, is that really for the betterment of the horse? And the answer would be no. Right. Like they should be.
1: Huh? Yeah.
0: We do leave a margin of error to say just a little bit, you know, of not quite through and and all the way connected. Yeah, that's still OK. Yeah. I have to look like a Grand Prix horse yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they have to look as if they're trying to head that way. For sure. Yeah.
0: You would say that in jumper. Is it OK if you don't jump the fence?
2: No,
0: <laughs> you have to clear the obstacle and we right. do the same thing. Then right. it has to be on the bed. It's not right. okay if it's not. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jumpers, it's it's a little more black and white. You jump the fence, you don't jump the fence or you right. jump the fence right. and knock it down. But um, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to hunters and it's- <laughs> You know, let's talk about that. Yeah, you have to go over the fence, but there's a certain degree of, you know, finesse and expectations. And I think that's what the to me, that's that's when you say the different hues of blue. That's that same concept. Yeah.
0: Super. Yeah. That's how we view it as well.
1: Yeah. So then fourth level did change quite a bit. Um Yeah. (laughs) 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 Did did you just want to, you know, mix it up or, you know, what was it not what you wanted?
0: We listen to everyone on this and you could say there are differing philosophies. Fourth level test three is the hardest national test if you don't count the developing programs uh, for the U.S. Should that test be the hardest test? Should it be harder than pre-St. George? Or should it be a stepping stone and easier? And both philosophies have to exist there. And mm-hmm. so for a while, we did try to make it harder than pre-St. George. We did want horses to be ready to go on the international stage and be prepared. But then people are like, I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> and <we're> like, mm, <laughs> that didn't work. And now you're not ready at all. And, and so in, in my belief, it is Easier than pre Saint George, but it is a progressive stepstone, and I think this new test is really clean and and, and really should do what we want it to do.
1: Wait, and and that is being the stepstone stone to pre Saint George, then. Correct. Okay. So
0: you have three changes in the Tempes rather than five for pre Saint George. Your pirouette is allowed to be a little bit larger than the pre Saint George. The collection is not as strong right but if you listen to the other philosophy should they be overly ready for pre-saint george <laughs> mm, okay there's some merits to that <laughs>
1: as well
2: yeah i guess until this country starts to move into the direction of europe where you have to qualify to move up mm. we're always going to have that as a as an issue is people I agree moving I into agree. pre-saint george who shouldn't be there um but one wears yep. shad belly. Bingo! <laughs> and
0: bless America for that. You know, as I travel the world, I love our country. But that's not to say it doesn't have its problems. And okay. and though our country's not ready for that standard, it will be in five, ten years again as we keep progressing. We'll say maybe something things should be modified. So that yeah. conversation hasn't died. We just know
2: <laughs> we're not ready. Now's not the time. Yeah, well, Mike, I really, really want to wear a shad belly. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you go right ahead. That's okay. yeah. Well, and then um, when it came to filming the tests this year, which we uh, which was done back over the summer, um, we A variety of riders and a variety, different types of riders and a variety of different types of breeds were used for the tests. So instead of necessarily seeing, you know, like this is the absolute best version of this test, it was more kind of a, I guess, quote unquote, real life version of the test. Did you do you did you think that was important? Was that what you were going for?
0: Yes, that was the general philosophy behind it, that. Uh, dressage is supposed to be for everyone. And and when we just look at the top horses and the riders in the world, we all say, but that's not me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and it should be for everyone. And so we tried to include, uh, forgive my bumbling, but common horses, horses Mm -hmm. that everyone owns. And we've all ridden those and have those and they made mistakes in the test. And it wasn't our top riders that are on the Olympic team producing them. Did we have some good horses? Yeah. Yes, we did. We had yeah. some nice up-and-coming talent. Yeah. But we won. Um, and unfortunately, we had some that were lame. <laughs> we then <laughs> said, well, maybe that's a little too much. And <laughs> I think we should edit that out a little bit. But,
2: well, no, those yes. are the schooling shows that I judge.
1: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> but that's the truth, right? They're out there. And there's also a place for those horses as well. So... Yeah, maybe just not on the video. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably not. No. Probably not. <laughs> no. Um, and and it was um, now. Is that normally kind of how you've done it, or was this was it a little more of a variety this time around?
0: This time there was more variety. In the past, we tried to aim towards strong seventy percent rides for everything. Right. Um, and, and even for learner judges coming through as they watch that, they would go, but that's not what I see. <laughs> no. And and we're like, yes, and maybe we should video what you will see so that you can say, Yes, this is yeah, four, or five, six, or seven, or whatever that may be.
1: Well, then it'll be sort of interesting to see how the general public or the the dressage public responds to that variety. I think, I think people will like it. Actually. Oh, I think they're gonna love it.
2: I, yeah. I think Mike is right. It's hard to watch videos of seventy-five, eighty percent rides yep. knowing that you're on a backyard pony. Yeah. And yep. that's not that's not feasible. And you know, knowing that you can get a really pretty solid score if you do things correctly. Good. And yep. you yep. know, your horse, you're accurate and your horse is through the back. And moving forward and you know s- stepping into the bridle from the hind feet not being pulled into it that just an average horse can do well yeah super you know and i, I, think I that's hope the an important reminder.
0: does like it and can appreciate it are, yeah. are there people that have negative yeah i'm sure, yeah, that's yeah, I'm sure. That. and that's how we get better at what we do <laughs> by listening to that but yeah. uh, there are some horses on the video that you all could say, "I owned one of those. i this is right. like my horse, and it gets a seventy percent because it's well ridden. It's obedient. It's happy. It's harmonious. And it's like, ok, okay. but you can do that, yeah, so I, I hope it works,
1: oh, me too. because I'm, I'm I'm all for I'm all for the alternative breeds or or whatever, you know, whatever Good. you want to call them. Yeah, it,
0: it's supposed to be for
2: everyone, not just it, the wealthy.
1: it is absolutely. Yes. And it (laughs) benefits
2: all horses as well for all disciplines. Bingo. And we want to make
0: it inclusive. Yep, you watch the world-class jumpers and they do dressage right up to the jump. So it can (laughs) be for everyone. Yeah, Uh, that's
1: right. (laughs) Um, So, you know, stepping out of the dressage world, I know that, that uh, the, the horses take up the vast majority of your time, but are there things yes. that you enjoy doing when you're not doing the horse yeah. things?
0: Yeah, and I can just say, I just did it. Um, Uh, (laughs) I love traveling. I love seeing the world and different cultures and what's happening. And just before the finals, as I had written to you, uh, we just got back from safari in Africa. And I'll just say, it was mind-boggling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where did you go? If it's not on your bucket list, it should be on your (laughs) bucket list. (laughs) We went uh, to Tanzania and Kenya, and probably five different um, reservations, and just uh, yeah, it just blew me away.
1: I'm sure it's a completely different world.
0: It's a whole different world. (laughs) Animal person, you know, you watch those and. It's not on TV, folks. And <laughs> you're in a tent, and the lions are grumbling right outside your tent, and the the animals rub up against it, and you hear oh, murder in the middle of the night, and you're oh, like, oh.
1: Uh, yeah." <laughs> as long as it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah.
0: yeah.
1: How long were you so, there?
0: Uh, three plus weeks. Wow. And I can't say I've had a three-week vacation in an eternity. So. <laughs> right, right.
2: Yeah. I love travel.
1: Nice. So, yeah. um, so the the last question that I have is one that we ask all of our guests just to get their perspective. Yeah. And it is, what do you think makes a great horse person?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's a, a difficult one. But, um, you know, again, what is great to find that? And I'll okay. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I took it both ways of, okay, there's the super talented people in the world that have achieved, and and then there are the bulk of the people of the world that I think are great, even though they've never won a gold medal or a blue ribbon or a 70%. Right. But you're dedicated. You have a passion for horses. Right. You you want to see the best and to care for them. and. Usually the same for your clients. You want to see them do well, and and maybe they'll never. I I have clients that never want to show, and I'm more than happy with that. They love Mm -hmm. their horse. They want to learn. So I think the dedication to it, the uh, understanding to work, mm, and the passion to care for your animal, I I think, is really what makes someone great in
1: their life. Yeah, I think that's good. Well, I um, I want to thank you for sharing your perspectives with us. I'm sure everybody is looking forward to uh, getting into the new tests and starting to learn them and practicing them and coming out and everybody getting their seventy percents, right?
0: And we look <laughs> forward to seeing them out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. For we appreciate having your time. Me. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you bet. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> <too>. <laughs>
0: okay. My pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Dressage Today podcast. If you've missed any episodes or to subscribe, go to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Learn more and read in depth training articles at dressagetoday.com, or you can visit our subscription video site ondemand.dressagetoday.com. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Happy riding and we'll see you at X. The Dressage Today podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of Equine Network, LLC.